Welcome to the Detroit Tigers Minor League Tracker Podcast. I'm your host, Keenan Carter, joined as always by Eric Hostetter. Haas, it's been a while since our last episode, almost a month, um, and that means I have not heard your voice in about a month. And the, <laughs> this is true. That's a good thing. Yeah, the reason for that is that we're friends, and we have a mutual understanding that two grown adults have no reason to ever talk to each other on the telephone under any circumstances, unless there's a dire emergency so yeah yeah uh, that said it's nice to hear your voice again um since our last podcast i've seen some baseball got to target field in minneapolis which was a treat uh tigers weren't there i got to see david price against lance lynn there in minnesota saw your boy mookie betts mm. um stud yeah yeah and then that same week i got down to cincinnati saw your red legs Unfortunately, I left after the sixth inning, and the and the Reds mounted a miraculous comeback against the Cubs in the seventh. Amazing! Yeah, so that I, whole series that whole series was incredible. Yeah, so I had to kind of listen to that on the radio broadcast on the ferry as we were crossing the river to to go to our car. Um, unfortunate, but I got to get down to Great American Ballpark, which is always a treat, and uh, took my daughter Sydney up to Toledo. My first trip to Fifth Third Field in Toledo. For Harry Potter night and um, man I was blown away by that stadium I mean you know you and I've been to a lot of minor league parks that's one of the nicest ones I've been to uh, I put it right up there in terms of atmosphere and just a quality experience so anybody Very hasn't cool. been to a, yeah if you haven't been to a mud hens game I highly recommend it um and then tomorrow I'm going up to Lake County in Cleveland um, check out the Whitecaps. My first time seeing the Whitecaps this year. They're taking on Lake County captains. Mm-hmm. So I uh, get to see Cody Clemens and Brock Dethridge. So pretty excited about that. Triple-A uh, All-Star game is this week. Home Run Derby is Monday, and the All-Star game is Wednesday. So um, the unfortunate thing, the Mudhens had four All-Stars named. Two of them have since been called up to the majors, Ronnie Rodriguez and uh, Jim Adusi. And uh, Chad Huffman Huffman has uh, been placed on the temporarily inactive list. So not really sure what's going on with that. Could be something going on in his personal life, but I'm not sure if he's going to be participating in the All-Star game. And that leaves Kristen, uh, Kristen Stewart, who is still on the disabled list as far as I know. And um, I was really looking forward to him participating in the Home Run Derby um, and playing in that All-Star game. But So I don't know if we'll, I will see any... Uh, Tigers prospects at that Triple A All Star game, but it should be a good time nonetheless. What is the least? What is, what's the last you've heard on uh, Stewart? Well, a couple of days ago, um, John Wagner, the Toledo Blade, you know, tweeted out a, a picture of him working out, taking batting practice. Said he was looking like he was close to being activated, but um, I don't believe he's been in the line. I don't. I don't think he's in the lineup tonight. Um, so. They're just being real careful with him. Maybe they're just going to give him the all-star break to just make sure that that thing's fully healed and not, not mess around with it. So we'll see. Right. Um, with that said, we, we've also – the uh, international signing period opened up on July 2nd. So um, kind of tasked you with breaking that down for us, see what the Tigers have done. We'll talk a little bit about who we signed. 
uh, and some of the guys from last year and maybe in years past, you know, from the, in terms of international signing, how the Tigers did, how they're doing, and uh, just give us a little insight on that if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, it, admittedly, you know, learning along with hopefully some of our listeners uh, a little bit more about the international signing period because I've never really dug into it too much. You know, I knew kind of the bits and pieces of it, you know, but, um, you know, and I know that there's been some talk uh, about the next collective bargain agreement, um, even having an international draft being implemented rather than have this international signing period. But I, I don't I'm not sure that one is going to be more beneficial than the other other than, you know, especially with the caps that they, you know, the teams are not allowed to spend over a certain amount. Uh, so it's, yeah, I, I think either way, you know, we're talking about, you know, 16, 17 year old kids, um, that, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, we're talking about a close to a decade before we're seeing most, if any of these kids, uh, get to the point where they're, uh, in a big league uniform. And, uh, so, at any rate, you know, a couple of really, really uh, positive things for the Tigers this year. And I did a little digging into the into the past a little bit, too, which I'll get into. But uh, this year, Jose de la Cruz was obviously the, the, the biggest name that the Tigers got their hands on. Uh, 15th ranked prospect, international prospect on MLB.com and uh, signed for $1.8 uh, signing bonus and um He's an outfielder, uh, projecting mostly as a center fielder, but he's got a strong enough arm, uh, from what I'm, what I've read, strong enough arm to potentially play in the corner outfielder, outfield positions as well. But a lot of raw power. He's not a huge kid, so he's going to do some growing, obviously, but the raw power is a good sign that as he grows, he'll, he'll continue, that power will continue with him along, uh, along the ranks. And so, so that people understand it, it, these kids that are drafted this week, you know, what they're planning to do with these kids is, you know, basically work them out, you know, get them in the camp, get them in the facility uh, and work them out, you know, whether they're going to be see, see a ton of game action or not uh, really depends on their progression while they're working out for the team. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, another another the number 19th ranked uh, prospect international prospect was a kid Adinso Reyes uh, shortstop at a Dominican uh, as well and uh, Tigers dropped 1.4 on a signing bonus for him um, definitely a, a, a projects as a very solid uh, defensive shortstop great hands uh, strong arm uh, and, and a decent pop in the bat, apparently. But uh, from everything I've read, uh, everything I can find is that this is a really intense kid. You know, he really loves the game. It shows on the field. So got to love that. You know, mm -hmm. I, I love reading about kids that have grit like that. You know, I know we've talked about Gibson a little bit, mm -hmm. <laughs> but sounds to me like that's not such a bad thing in a lot of cases as do, long as you can harness it. You know, do you, do you see Gomez go after that water cooler the other night? I did. I did. <laughs> that was, that was, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess intense would be one word, but, uh, he cares. Uh, that's for sure. Saw something. I didn't, I, I didn't click on the article, so I have no idea what the article read or anything like that, but it, I, I, I saw a, an article that was titled something about him, uh, uh, you know, making amends with the cooler or something like that. I'm assuming <laughs> who knows what he did. I don't know. I, I'll have to check out the article later, but, uh, at any rate, so, 
uh, anyway, Reyes and De La Cruz obviously were the the kind of cream of the crop for the for the Tigers to be able to uh, get a couple of uh, big names in this particular class. You know, uh, both 16 year old kids. So again, young and just raw. You know, uh, that's that's the whole purpose of having these academies down there uh, is to get them in front of these pro coaches, uh, get them mm-hmm. coached up. You know, instruct. so yep. yeah instruct uh, and get them coached up so uh, along with those two outside of the you know outside of the top 30 list uh another few shortstops projected shortstops from the dominican republic um a couple from the dominican republic uh estevez and angel cruz uh venezuelan shortstop prospect yon bravo uh another shortstop from venezuela alexis uh uloa i would say i would say and then um uh, a uh, couple of right-handed pitchers, one out of the Dominican Republic, Juan Polanco and uh, Rolando Sarit uh, out of Venezuela, and then Angel Cruz, another shortstop from the Dominican Republic that they paid $500,000 uh, in a signing signing bonus too. So uh, outside the top 30, they're giving him five hundred grand uh, signing bonus. They must think something of him as well. So. Yeah, a lot of shortstops. It is. It is. But uh, so anyway, that's kind of what – what they've got going on for this class so far. And of course the signing period is a long period. So, you know, yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll continue to add, but it, you know, the, all these, all the teams want to get the, the top prospects in their academies as soon as possible. So when you're 16, every, everybody's, everybody's a shortstop at 16, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if you're not a shortstop, you're definitely a pitcher and potentially both in some cases. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just about harnessing the, what they've got the most raw talent at and, uh, honing in on it. You know, a, lot, a couple things that I read said that Reyes is actually, you know, because of his size, he's, he's 16 and already six one and about 200 pounds. So he may project eventually at th- third base. Okay. So, you know, it just kind of depends on how these kids grow again at yeah. 16. There's tough to tell. So, okay. Good. So yeah, no, uh, that's that's kind of what we got going on for the last week or so. And the Tigers, um, you know, for them to pay 1.8 and 1.4 respectively for two top 30 guys, that's more action in the top 30 than they've had in you know potentially ever. So uh, you know they've they really haven't you know spent a ton on uh, the top prospects in the past. So. Um, you know, give you an idea. Last year, uh, they signed uh, one guy in the top 30, Alvaro Gonzalez, who's a, mm-hmm. believe it or not, a shortstop out of Venezuela. Yep. Um, and then Carlos Irigoyen, who's another shortstop out of Venezuela, just outside the top 30 prospects last year. Both of those guys are, uh, both of those guys, along with every other signee, um, uh, you know, of significance that they paid anything significant to is our plan in Dominican summer league. Uh, they've got two the Tigers have two rosters down there at the Academy. And, mm-hmm. um, they're essentially along with Pedro Martinez jr. Of yep. course, which was, uh, obviously a big name that they, they signed for about $800,000 last year. So, um, he, he's not hurting for scratch though. I'm sure he's doing <laughs> all right. So, but, uh, uh, but anyway, these guys, uh, all, you know, any anybody with any significance from last year, they're all playing down in the Min- Dominican Summer League and uh, some with some success. You know, all the stats, if anybody wants to look at, you know, what these guys are doing, um, the, everything is on the MLB, MILB 
website. So you can go in, look at, uh, you know, just like you'd look at the AAA, you can go down and look, just look for DSL Tigers. Uh, they've got two rosters down there. You can, you can see all the rosters and everything. So uh, follow along with these young kids as they kind of try and make it. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah, and I think along with that, it's <clears throat> tough to kind of go back and, and see – you know, value for value, what they've done, what the Tigers have done, you know, it, it, even dating back to the early 2000s, uh, even into the 90s. You know, if you go back into the 90s pre-Dombrowski age, you know, you're talking about a couple of uh, signees, like Omar Infante, for instance, was an international free agent signee mm-hmm. for the Tigers, you know, who panned out to be a very solid player. And, uh, you know, but <clears throat> since then, you know, you've got Jair Jurgens. Um, who wow. turned out obviously a solid, solid player for a few years, but um, you know, I I almost remember him mostly for you know the Braves, Absolutely. you know those few yeah. few years with the Braves where he made some noise, and so but, uh, Avisail Garcia, uh, mm-hmm. who they eventually turned around and traded for Jose Iglesias, which, you know. Uh, depends on what you're looking for. Uh, obviously, Iglesias is a lot more known for, for the defensive, for you know, defensive side of the ball, and Garcia not so much. Uh, Garcia is a solid player. Obviously, he came off DL and is playing real well since. But uh, mm-hmm. but they they traded Garcia and Brian Villarreal, who's been out of baseball for a few years now, for Iglesias. So can't say that was uh, a bad deal for the Tigers necessarily. You know. Uh, Look for it, uh, Lester Oliveros was a guy that they drafted as an international free agent that they traded for Delman Young, so he got a little bit of time out of Delman Young. Um, now flip on the, flip the coin and you think got a really nice signing in Eugenio Suarez, and I don't know if you even want me to talk about that. Please don't. Um, <laughs> I was. I mean, gonna... I, listen, I'm you know you know where my allegiance lies. Uh, he's playing uh, third base for me right now and leading the league in, in RBIs. So, yeah, that's Alfredo you know. Simon, right? That's yeah. correct. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was going to mention uh, Dixon Machado because, I, I, yeah. you know, he, uh, he came up as a 17-year-old, spent nine years in our system. So that was kind of a – I think a lot of people were really – emotional about him being designated for assignment this past week just because he's a he's one of those kids that we've all seen grow up through the system starting in those instructional camps down there and uh, you know he made it all the way to the big leagues he made it to the major leagues so that's a success and uh, we wish him well and uh, I don't know we'll see I'm not sure when his waiver period's up but we'll see if there's any claims for him or if we'll uh, re-sign him put him down in Toledo and and see if he can kind of work on that hit tool a little bit and get back up in the show but yeah, that was back in 2008, you know, it was Machado. And then the other name that, that you know, made a little bit of noise was Steven Moya, uh, oh, yeah. who actually just signed a signed a contract to play in Japan this past, you know, for this season. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, Machado, you know, it, it sounds to me like the offense just wasn't there enough for him to garner much interest on the market. So I wouldn't be shocked if the, if the Tigers end up just uh, re-signing him, taking him back down to, down to Toledo that would that sounds like that's probably the wisest or the you know wisest move for them but not only that but I just don't know if he's going to get much interest so we'll see dating back to you know the tough thing for me as I was kind of looking into this was to see at least for the Tigers you know 
and you think about uh, I think automatically if you don't really know enough about the international signing period and the dollars where they're used how you can use them what the caps are things like that you kind of think well geez the yankees and the angels and dodgers and the cubs you know all these big market teams are the ones that can get these guys it's not necessarily the case you know you look back to 2016 two two years ago and tigers didn't get anybody in the top 30 and the padres ended up with seven of the top 24 Mm -hmm. so you look at a team like the padres and you think Nah, they're you know they can't be active in that you know they don't have the money that it's not the case yeah 2015 another period which the Tigers had none in the top 30 2014 uh, you know same Yankees have eight of the top 18 you know yeah, but Frank- it's, it's interesting because you know guys like Reyes and De La Cruz we were talking about them back in March so you know. We, yeah. we knew the Tigers were going to sign those guys. They're establishing yeah. relationships with these guys way, way in advance. Um, sure. So it's not necessarily – it's just who shows the interest earliest, gets in good mm-hmm. with the family, gets them, in, gets them into their academies and whatnot. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, it's a, wine and dine, it's a wine and dine situation for yeah. a 15, 15-year-old kid, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, yeah, it's it's just about spreading spreading out and making sure you get your, get your hands in your relationship on – at least a couple of the kids, you know. Sure. So, you know, 2014 actually was obviously Houston. Houston signed him, but Franklin Perez, everybody's been talking. Obviously, you've had a lot of chatter about Franklin Perez and, um, you know, got him in the Verlander trade, of course. But um, he was an international signee. So, okay. uh, you know, 2013. So to give you an idea on timing for these guys, too, you know, you look back, you think about somebody like Glaber Torres. Uh, he was a 2013 signee. Mm-hmm. international signee so just for the, Cub, the, for the cubs yeah. yeah for the cubs and he's just now making it making a name for himself and really the only two two names that you know really really stood out to me in that 2013 class were him and uh Raphael devers so those guys are just now getting to the point where they're getting in there so uh you know we're talking about kids that are that, again like we mentioned got some time got some time to work on some things so Absolutely. All right. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I want to do next, I kind of want to just do sort of a state of the rebuild summary. I want to go position by position and partly because it's relevant to what's happening in the, in the farm system, obviously, and partly because I want to get some things off my chest. So, <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll start off at the catcher position. And this is a position that I'm highly concerned about um, for the 2019 through 2021 sort of that phase of the rebuild, right? Um, James McCann, I like James McCann. I want to like James McCann, but the the results aren't there um, as an everyday catcher. You know, we talked on a previous podcast about how I kind of slept through the sabermetrics revolution so you know there's lots of different sites you can you can use out there to reference the new stats as i call them um and fan graphs fan graphs is really good they're helpful to me um i just find that to be an easy to use site and they've got this offensive rating statistic james mccann has a negative 14.9 offensive rating which rates uh, ranks 41st among catchers with 100 plus plate appearances this year um, mm. you know, his defense has ticked up significantly this year. Um, 
4.6 defensive rating is 11th best in the majors and so you combine the offense and the defense and then you get war and his war is negative 0.2 so he's slightly worse than any scrub catcher you could throw out there more or less um that's not good no um so you know ultimately what i think james mccann is a platoon catcher he can hit against lefties he's not the guy that you want playing 150 games behind the dish um there's some questions right you know garage thinks that mccann's a horrible game caller in-game sort of manager um in terms of pitch calling and sequencing and things like that so when you look at what we've got in the stable behind mccann there's some concern there, you know. At Toledo, there's there's Griner, um, who's I think a backup catcher at the major league level and a solid backup catcher. Um, Salto Lamacchia, who's organizational depth at this point, he's just like working with pitchers more or less and working with catchers and teaching them how to be professionals. He's not someone that's going to be playing in the majors again, most likely. And the big name is Jake Rogers, and. A lot of people are getting excited because Jake Rogers had a nice June. Um, he hit like 291 in June, I think. But he had three homers in one game. And you take that one game out, he hit 250 in June. He was 15 for 60 outside of that one game. Struck out 33% of the time in the month of June. Three bo- he had three bombs in that one game, right? Yeah. 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 It, it was actually the night we were having our podcast with Mark. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, but he, he has that night. Yeah, he has struck out 78 times in 61 games. Hmm. Um, and Fangraphs does, uh, they have a neat little thing where they have a little table for each of those, the statistical components that shows you awful all the way up to exceptional. 27.5% strikeout rate is considered awful. And he's at 31% for the year. So... He's. I'm not saying Jake Rogers is never going to be able to hit. I'm saying Jake Rogers isn't close to being a major league hitter, and his defense is dynamite. Like, there's no denying that. He's <clears throat> he's a, he's a weapon behind the dish. Um, so he can get away with James McCann's offensive profile. Like, if he got to James McCann's offensive profile, I would plug him in right now, and I think a lot of people would, but. I don't. He's. I think he's going to need another year of polish at the AA level, most likely. Um, he's 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 ironing out some swing issues, and uh, I just don't see what we're going to do at that position. Uh, Joey Morgan's, you know, still down in West Michigan. He's got some hit tool concerns, right? He's a defense first catcher. Uh, sorry, my <clears throat> throat's a little raspy. Um, and then Sam McMillan's in Connecticut, like he's 19 years old. So that's our catching stable. I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe, you know, if we, if we, McCann's cheap, so maybe you keep him around for another year. He's arbitration eligible, I think. So you kind of keep him around another year and hope Rogers is ready by 2020. Um, or you pick up a veteran and just do some sort of platoon thing for the next year to get you by. But catcher is a concern. First base is also a concern because Miguel Cabrera is 
I I think Miguel Cabrera's career is over. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, not not literally over. Right, right, right. He, but he will he will play baseball again in the major leagues, but I I not for a meaningful period of time and not productively. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> I shouldn't be that surprised to hear you say that, but I mean, it, yeah, I mean, he's God, so good. And just, yeah, you know, yeah. past his prime happens. I think I think there are people who expect him to come back and be plugged into the DH role and play for three more years. And I just, I, I, I don't, I can't rationally come to that conclusion that that's going to happen. He can't stay healthy. And uh, he's definitely not going to be able to play first base for 100 games. Um, and we don't have... You know, you need a you need a first baseman who's a run producer. You look at all the top first basemen in the majors; these guys mash, they drive mm-hmm. in runs, and we don't have anybody who can do that at that position in our system. <clears throat> um, second base, <laughs> we're not off to a good start. Um, we don't have a second baseman, and Dalwell Lugo is sort of the guy that people think is waiting in the wings, just got named to the Futures game this week, which I kind of chuckled at. Not a fan of Dawell Lugo, uh, his offensive profile translating to the major league level. This is a guy with a 273 batting average and a 285 on-base percentage. That's hard to do. He's walked six times in 340 plate appearances. That's a 1.7% walk rate. I think that's twice since we had our last podcast a month ago. Yeah. So just as a point of reference, Fangraphs says 4% walk rate is awful. He's (laughs) 1.7%. And so you might be thinking, uh, who cares about walks, right? It's just that walks is a stat. But it's a stat that tells you about plate discipline. He's an overly aggressive guy who who has great hand-eye coordination, who is a bad ball hitter. And that will play at AAA. AAA is not the major leagues. Major league hitters know you're an overly aggressive hitter, and they will abuse you. And uh, <clears throat> so I, I'm not optimistic about Lugo's offensive profile uh, as an everyday second baseman. Um, so we'll go over to shortstop. And here's another one. People are trying to trade Jose Iglesias. Okay, who's going to play shortstop? Nico Goodrum? Ronnie Rodriguez? Like, Jose Iglesias has been the second-best defensive shortstop in baseball this year. There's really only three worth mentioning. It's Andrelton Simmons, Iggy, and Francisco Lindor in that order, and then there's a massive drop-off after that. Now, he's obviously not a great offensive player, but when you can deliver that level of service on the defensive side, he's got a 2.0 war, which ranks him 13th in baseball among shortstops. And some other names right around there at a two war, Didi Gregorius, Addison Russell, Chris Taylor. Like, all right, you're going you're gonna to trade Jose Iglesias with, with no plan to replace him just because he's a light-hitting shortstop? I don't know. Uh, uh, I'll take a league average shortstop right now that I can get on the cheap uh, rather than 
it's just too important of a position to plug somebody in who's not able to hold it down, especially when we've got question marks at catcher and second base. Like, you got to be strong up the middle. He's a veteran presence. Jose Iglesias, let's sign him to a one- or two-year deal until we've got somebody in the system who can take – I mean, who you got Sergio Alcantara. Okay, you know, everybody knows I like Sergio Alcantara. He's fun to watch. He's fun to root for. He's a double-A right now. <clears throat> He's got a gun. Um, he's a slick fielder. He's a switch hitter. Hits for no power. Um, but he's he's doing okay down at Double A. But he's not he's not a upgrade to Iglesias. So not today. No, not today. And um, I, I you know I think Alcantara is a a utility type, glove first utility type, who can do some things. He, but I don't project him as our everyday shortstop in 2019 or necessarily at any point in his career. He's, he's going to be a glove first utility guy, I think. And that's fine. That's good. I'll take that living. And, and Ronnie Rodriguez is all right. So he hits 338 in AAA. Great. He's got the same issue that Lugo has. He's a 3.7% walk rate. 4% is awful. He's 3.7%. He swings too much. He swings at everything. And major league hitters get you behind an account, you're done. Forget it. Or pitchers, they get you behind an account, you're done. You can forget it. And uh, so, I, you know, I like Ronnie. Ronnie El Felino, right? Of course. He's, he's a cool dude. I'm rooting for him. Um, I hope he hits at the major league level. I don't see it. Um, third base. Do we need to talk about third base? Jamer. Ten years. <laughs> Lock him in for ten years. Jamer's great. Jamer's been struggling. They've given him a couple nights off, and uh, that's all right. Don't worry about it. I don't know what his walk rate is, walk rate is, but it's exceptional for a, a kid his age. He's got a fantastic approach, great bat speed. He's gonna be fine. We we need we need Jamer for a, a long term deal. And then you get in the outfield. I mean, we got a laundry list of guys out there in the outfield. Um, many of whom I kind of project as fourth outfielders. People. When they hear me say fourth outfielder, they think I'm knocking a guy. But, you know, fourth outfielder in the major leagues is a good thing. A lot of teams platoon guys and left and right. You know, they platoon guys. Fourth outfielder is a good thing. So we got Jacoby, Matuk, Mike Gerber. Um, you could add Jacob Robson to that list now. He's kind of – he's been promoted up to Toledo, and he's hitting for some pop this year. He's going the other way. Uh, he's moved to a heavier bat, changed his approach. Um, he's jumping up prospect lists, catching some eyeballs. Uh, so I put him in that group, Kristen Stewart, um, who doesn't project as a fourth outfielder. Um, and, you know, Daz, Daz is bumped up from Lakeland to Erie and, and had a monster 10 days up there to start. So, but he's, he's still a little bit away. So and we got Nick Castellanos and here's another guy. Trade Nick. His defense is weighing us down. Okay. Well, let's look at the let's look at the numbers. In terms of offensive rating for right fielders, Nick ranks third. You know who's first? Mookie, with a, <laughs> with an absurd thirty-seven point seven offensive rating. Aaron Judge is second, twenty-seven point seven. Nick third, seventeen point one. So he's the third best offensive, you know, most productive offensive right fielder in baseball. 
His defense is at a negative 9.2, and that results in a 2.1 war. So he's a solid. He's a solid major league right fielder, and this guess what? It's his first year playing the outfield. So he's only going to improve his defense. It's not going to get worse. Um, I think people calling for him to move to first base or DH, like that's ridiculous. The Tigers aren't going to move him from third base to right field to first base in consecutive years. Give him some time out there. He'll improve. He's never going to be a great right fielder, but he'll be a passable right fielder. Um, and, and that's all you want. The, the big question with Nick is how much does Nick think he's worth? So if Nick's going to start demanding $20 million a year over eight years or something, then I don't know. Maybe we gotta yeah. let you. Maybe we gotta let you walk. <laughs> yeah, he's got. He's on a one-year, six million dollar contract, right? Yes, he's arbitration eligible. He's a he's a free agent um, after next season. Um, so you you want to try and lock him up on a long-term deal? You don't want to overpay for him. So you'll consider his trade value, and um, you'll negotiate. And if there's a you know a reasonable agreement between the two parties, that's a guy you keep around. He's a he's a building block. Yeah, 26 years old, that kind of offensive production, Yeah, that's rough to pass up. Right, right. Low, right. Assuming the price is right, of course. Right. But the thing is, people calling for him to be dealt on, on the basis of his defense alone, defense alone is absurd. Nah, that's silly. That's silly. So it's we're rebuilding. He's learning how to play a new position. Like, give him a full year plus to learn how to play a new position, and then we can start criticizing yeah, we will. Um, as far as the pitching staff goes, you know, in 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 the as we look at the future rotation, Michael Fulmer, uh, Matthew Boyd. Don't forget about Daniel Norris. He's he's rehabbing. He's still only 25 years old. He's a you know highly touted guy who could still be in the rotation. And then you got. Mize, you got Perez, Manning, Fiedo, Burroughs. There's five plus the three I already mentioned. That's eight guys right there. Um, now, not all those guys are going to pan out. One or two of them might have never even pitch in the major leagues. Um, but that's something to be excited about, I think. Um, and Kyle Funkhauser, you know, is, he's another one. Um, they just moved Sandy Baez to the bullpen. So, you know, I'm starting to think about, all right, we just named eight guys. They can't all be in the starting rotation. So they're either going to be trade chips or bullpen guys if they're going to pitch in the major leagues. Funkhauser's one of those guys that I think could ultimately be a legit seventh, eighth inning guy plus fastball. Slider has, you know, flashes wipe out potential at times. Um, even Bo Burrows, you know, he's not a lock to be – a number three starter in the major leagues. He's working on secondaries and command. Uh, I like his progress. I think he's, you know, projects as a starter still, but if there's five starters better than him and you want to pitch in the show, you take a job in long relief or you take a job being an eighth inning stopper and he's got plus fastball stuff too that w would play in that role. Um, Sandy Baez is going to be, I think Sandy Baez is going to be a really good reliever. I was happy when the Tigers announced that move this past week that they were finally 
going to stop that experiment with him as a starter because he belongs in the bullpen. Um, and then Zach Houston is is catching some some eyes in Toledo. He's striking out a ton of guys. Lively fastball. Um, John Schreiber. Uh, can't have a podcast without me mentioning Schreiber. But he's... <laughs> he's good. He's going to come up a little bit here in a little, in a little bit later as well. Oh, so, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, you yeah. get some questions. Right, right. So, and then Jimenez, right? So that's the one guy that's in the current bullpen that you're saying, all right, that's that's a guy that we look to have in the 2021 playoffs. So the pitching staff in the system looks really, really strong right now. If those guys just continue to develop, that's one area that I'm happy with. Um, and this brings me to the one position, the final position, that's designated hitter. Victor. Mm. This is the one, This is the main thing I wanted to get off my chest tonight. There's a lot of people calling for Victor Martinez's outright release. And I just can't get on board with that. I understand we're paying him $18 million, and he's not producing. He's rolling ground balls over. Even when he hits the ball hard, it's a one-hopper into the shift. Um, He hit for some power in spring training, and we thought, all right, you know, Victor's going to be a run producer for us in the heart of that lineup this year, but it just hasn't materialized in game action. He clogs up the base paths because he's so slow. Mm. Um you're not going to release Victor Martinez. Like he's not, he's not stealing at bats from any young developing prospects. He's a DH. You're not going to call up a prospect and plug him into the DH role. Um, Victor Martinez has played 16 years in the major leagues. He has over 2000 hits. He's earned the right to go out on these terms. It's, we signed him to this contract. (laughs) So don't be mad at him for making $18 million. He comes to the ballpark every day. Allegedly, he's badmouth the city or badmouth the fans. I don't know anything about any of that. Like, I don't pay attention to any of that nonsense. Let's let him go out on his terms. We're we're a forty and fifty one baseball team right now. <laughs> Victor Martinez isn't the reason, and um, cutting you know releasing a guy of that stature mid-season in his final year is just eh, I think it's bad I think it's bad karma it's bad ethics so let's get off the cut Victor Martinez train now please Um, yeah I mean if he yeah it's not a playoff team what do you you know Potentially, he's got some. Is he? Have you heard things about him? You know, preventing some of the younger players from learning from him. Is he mistreating some of the younger players? Is you know any of that kind of stuff going on? If not, I, I can't imagine you'd get rid of a guy like that. He was on the podcast with Castellanos and Shane Green, and they all seem like boys. Like he's one of the guys. He um. I'm sure that they are learning a ton from him, that they are soaking up a lot from him in terms of approach, you know, how to, how to be a professional, you know, and, uh, there's value in that. Obviously I wish he was hitting 20 home runs and driving in 80, but he's not. And 
okay, so what? <laughs> We're going to have a top 10 draft pick. <laughs> right. I mean, so it's, it's frustrating. Um, I think that's my wrap up of the state of the system. Anything you want to add or any, anything you want me to clarify on that before we go into listener questions? No, I like it. Okay. I like it. Glad to hear you get some things off your chest too. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm seeing more and more of this commentary on a daily basis, you know, as the, as the page has grown and stuff. And sometimes it's just, there's, I understand the frustration of rooting for a losing team <laughs> and, um, not having a lot of belief in your front offs and all that, but certain things that I just felt, I feel like I need to address from time to time. Yeah. Listen, Homer Bailey's sitting at triple a <laughs> paying him 18 million bucks. Think, oh. You want, you want to, you want that contract. <laughs> so Victor, Victor helping out some, uh, and, and you know what, if Homer was able to, uh, chat with the young pitchers, and help develop young pitchers along, they would deal with his struggles in the big on the big league roster. So to me, that says Homer's not the guy that's going to sit down next to a couple of young guys uh, on his mm-hmm. day off. And I, th- I could be completely wrong about this. I don't know Homer Bailey. I don't, you know, I, but it seems to me like if he were, uh, you know, an extra coach ish yeah. type guy. Uh, he, he'd be pitching in Cincinnati right now. He would yeah. not be in Louisville. I mean, All give right. me a break. Right. So, uh, I don't know uh, if I, it, if I had to pick one of those two scenarios, leave Victor alone. Wow. That's a hot take. The Homer Bailey situation is worse than the Victor Martinez situation. Oh. I like it. hundred <laughs> okay. percent. I like it. All right. Yeah. So we got some listener questions, right? Yeah, a couple. All right, let's see what I can do. Curtis, always, uh, always uh, an active participant. Uh, Curtis Nelson, um, mm-hmm. wanted you to touch on Gio uh, Arriera. Uh, it was a high pick last year. Been good so far this year. Uh, just wanted to learn a little bit more about him. Um, I don't know. What do you know about him? What kind of he's got a few, couple other names that he wanted to pick at you a little bit about, but. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Geo got off to a rough start this season in Connecticut. Got roughed up a little bit, um, but his last two outings have been dynamite. He had a 12 strikeout performance uh, on July 4th, and the uh, the start before that was an eight strikeout, five and two thirds shutout. So um, he's coming along. Um, thing with Geo is he just turned 20 years old. So oh yeah, he, you know he's a kid. He's, yeah, he's a he's a child. Uh, he's a big kid. You know, six two two twenty. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, I think he'll play out the rest of the season in Connecticut. Um, if he continues to pitch the way he has the past couple outings, you know, it's one of those things where they, maybe they give him a little reward, at, you know, in August and let him have one or two starts up in West Michigan and give him a taste of that. But I think he'll play this season down there in uh, the New York Penn League and open up next season in, in West Michigan and, you know, maybe the ace up there. Yeah. Yeah, I was asking about some bats too, uh, Ames, Burden, and Burks. Sure, sure. So Ames, Ames hit a couple home runs today. He's got five now in the Gulf Coast League. Um, you know, both of the, all three of those names that he mentioned are 
21-year-old guys playing in the Gulf Coast League. And, um, you know, they're raking. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to get excited about that, though. I mean, you got 21-year-old seasoned college hitters playing in the Gulf Coast League against kids. You expect that. So those guys should be moving, heading north soon. Um, Reese Hampton is another one that they already moved up. Um, and uh, another guy I like is Eric De La Rosa. He was our seventh-round pick. And I, I watched his college video. He's a JUCO guy out of somewhere in California. I don't remember the name of the school. but And I was like, oh, man, this is raw. This guy's raw. Like, this is a five-year project. And, uh, I, you know, he, he raked um, down the Gulf Coast League. They bumped him up to West Michigan, and he got shut down. And, you know, West, like West Michigan, premium velocity. He's probably never seen premium velocity before. But I saw him put a swing on one pitch and drive it the other way, and I was like, man, that's a beautiful, beautiful swing that kid has. So um, they bumped him back down to Connecticut where he's raking again. So, they, they, you know, trying to find the appropriate level for these guys. Like Gulf Coast League, not a challenge. West Michigan, overwhelmed. Okay, send him to Connecticut. That's appropriate. And – uh so I like what I, I like what I see. Six four one seventy five. De La Rosa, he's just a outfielder. Wow. Yeah, he's just a skinny kid. Mm-hmm. So he's a lot of you know projectable frame, as they like to say. He's gonna fill out, um, but a, just a pretty swing and raw raw power. So excited about him. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, also was asking about the trade deadline. Uh, he he's he was big on the draft too, right? We were talking about the draft. Didn't you say Curtis wasn't, wasn't going to have much appreciation for us, you know, uh, (laughs) not, not wanting to really dive in too deep on these kids, on these guys. Yeah. It's the same thing we've done here with the international prospects too. You know, we, we fell victim to the, to the, uh, hype, uh, uh, on this episode as well. But, uh, but anyway, he's, he's, uh, high on the trade deadline, which actually I, I would never compare the two, the draft or the international signing period with the trade deadline. I love the trade deadline too. It's always good to kind of hear, figure out, try and figure out who's a seller, who's a buyer, all that kind of stuff. But he was uh, obviously saying they're they're not going to be buyers. So uh, we touched a little bit on your feelings on Castellanos, but what about Fulmer? Uh, Fulmer's 25 years old with a lot of years of team control left and – has ace type potential um so i don't know why we would trade him yeah i don't either (laughs) unless somebody completely emptied out their farm system for us um he's gotten roughed up in some outings this year and you know the third time through the lineup i think has been hard on him um but that that doesn't mean we we flip a guy you're, you're paying him $575,000. He's got four more years of team control. And he's a top of the rotation and proven kind of guy, right? I mean, he could, out of all those prospects, Manning, Mize, Perez, like Fulmer could be the number one in two years, three years. So, yeah. Um, that's, I mean, look, uh, I. For the right price, I'm not opposed exactly. to trading. Exactly. That's there. I was just going to say. I mean, it, it, listen, it's all, all this trade talk. Anything, any trade you're ever going to assess, it, there's a price. It depends on what you get. I mean, that, that's the that's the reality of it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, to say that you'll never trade a guy, that's ridiculous. Sure. 
And, and, so. the, and the, the Tigers are, are stacked with pitching talent right now. And if they think they can put a five-man rotation together and be able to deal one of these guys at the same time and kind of bolster the system in other areas, then by all means, if someone's willing to give you a couple top 50 prospects, and I mean, Fulmer would cost a ton. He would cost a ton. For sure. Uh, nobody's going sh- to nobody's gonna shell that out. So I, I think Fulmer sticks around. Um, but yeah, before I elaborate anymore, is there any, is there another part to that question or? No. Yeah. He was just asking specifically at the trade deadline about Fulmer and Castellanos. Obviously I said we touched on Castellanos already, but, um, and then had another question, uh, kind of related question, two separate questions, but related, uh, from Lino Joseph and Kyle Burkhardt talking about names, big names to be promoted or guys that, uh, maybe called up to Toledo to help them make a run in the, you know, triple a postseason. So the, that was kind of a related question, but take on that. Yeah. Um, in terms of position players, I, you know, I don't know that we'll see anybody bumped up to Toledo. Um, I think Funkhauser and Burroughs are the ones we're waiting for. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're both due pretty soon. I feel like they're both on similar timelines. I think Funkhauser might be bumped up first just because he's, he's 24 years old and, um, He's been very consistent. He was the organizational pitcher of the month in June. Like I think it's time. To, I think it's time to bump him up and challenge him at AAA. And um, Burroughs has been, a, you know, a little rocky lately. Um, he's 21 years old, so he's really young for AA. And um, they may hold him down there a little bit longer. But I feel like the sentiments that we're getting from the Tigers front office is that both of those guys are on the rise here pretty soon. I don't think you'll see anybody else. Um, I don't think Jake Rogers is going to bump up there or uh, Daz. I mean, Daz just got to double A. He's going to spend the rest of the season there. Um, you know, if, if some, if some other guys get called up to Detroit, maybe they need some help and they call up a Dom Ficacello or something like that, who can play multiple positions and kind of fill some holes in the lineup, help you win ball games. And maybe a guy like him would bump up there, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Burroughs and Funkhauser, those are the ones to look for as the Mud Hens try to win the International League crown. The coveted. Oh, well, it, Johnny Schreiber, right? <laughs> Naturally. Yeah, we, we shouldn't forget about him. Oh, and I should add Matt Hall also, who flipped, uh, last I checked, six shutout innings tonight, 10, 10 strikeouts. Mm. He's, not, he's not allowed an earned run since June 5th. Um, it's a, it's a 30 plus inning scoreless streak. So Matt Hall is, he's lighting it on fire down there in Erie. So he could be a guy. So, uh, you know, lots of pitching help if they need it up there. Right. Piece together a nice little staff for a run if they need to, I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's all we had for uh, the questions tonight. So. All right. Good stuff. I think we kept this at a reasonable length for a change. <laughs> um, well, we, we uh, you know, we went a little over last time just because we had Mark on. So it's always, you know, as long as it's worth it, I'm sure people enjoy it. So, yep, yep, yeah, uh, had a good time. Hey, appreciate appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm gonna be on with Chris Brown and Roger again on Thursday on the Sports Radio Detroit um, podcast. So be sure to check that out. Um, can always find some writing that I do over on Bless You Boys. Um, did a little draft recap this past week where I just went through every single draftee and um, where they're assigned and just a little snippet on how they're doing. Um, 
So check that out if you get a chance. And um, follow our page. It's now called Pride of the Tigers. And I think I'm changing it back as soon as Facebook allows me on July 12th because I think we were wrong about that. Maybe we got ahead of ourselves. Detroit Tigers minor league tracker was doing just fine. I don't know why I felt the need to change it. Got a little overambitious. So... <laughs> Other than that, uh, I will be out at the ballpark tomorrow recording live, checking out the Whitecaps and Lake County Captains, and um, you can see me at the AAA All-Star Game. I'll be sure to give live report from there. So, Other than that, have a good night. Let's go Tigers. Hit them where they ain't. One of these days and it won't be long. It won't be long now. One of these days and it won't be long. You better come up.